football cards collecting and investing. His name is Andy. My name is Carter. And look, I got to keep it simple, guys. We are chatting retail wax today. You see the poll question if you're watching this live, but if you're watching this down the road, whether it be on YouTube or on podcasting platforms around the world, answer this question right now. Are you going into Walmart or Target or wherever and buying retail wax? Andy, this is something you've been pretty passionate about as Optic is starting to hit the shelves. Uh, it has. <laughs> yeah, it has. I haven't personally found any yet at Walmart or Target, but I can't say that I've, I've tried. So, uh, But what I have done, Carter, is I've watched hours and hours of footage on YouTube of these guys ripping retail blaster boxes. There's a couple of YouTubers out there. I, I totally forgot their name, but um, a lot of views, right? And, and this year was interesting because the retail product came out before the hobby product was released. So these guys were literally ripping the first product off the line, blaster boxes. They each ripped almost a case full of uh, blaster boxes. So, like, I watched, like, 40 blaster boxes being ripped last week. And what were the results? Well, they, they so they each pulled downtowns from this case of blaster, blaster boxes. So there's at least an optic downtown uh, per box. So one guy pulled a uh, Justin Herbert. The other guy pulled an Adrian Peterson. Um, but what I thought was most interesting, because we know one of the biggest chases like in, in Optic or any year's product is the rookies, the rated rookies, right? The iconic Optic rated rookie, Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell. There were very few of these quarterbacks pulled from this product. I literally watched this guy rip 50, the first video, 15 blaster boxes of Optic and only pulled two Brock Purdy rated rookies. And one Kenny Pickett, and it was a colored parallel. It, it was it was uh, absolutely insane how few rated rookies of the top quarterbacks from the 2020 class was in this retail product. So what we want to know, type Y for yes, type in the no uh, or in for no in the live chat right now. Have you bought wax um, from retail? I'm going to be honest, Andy. I don't live far from a Walmart. Um, I walked in, I saw some, uh, prism. I saw a lot. I am just targeting singles. I'm to the point now where I'm just not buying boxes at all. Now that I get this itch, even talking about it, I probably will buy something, but a bunch of Bowman Chrome U is just sitting there. And that's been my favorite rip of the season. There's prism blaster sitting there. I'm still not buying them. Some of it is me saving up for the national along with you. Some of it is just me solely being a singles guy. I, I know um, if I had a kid, you know, kids like to rip stuff, uh, as many of you would probably know. Uh, but look, I, I'm just being very selective because the prices of these blasters are brutal. And I'm hearing these horror stories of blasters being ripped and Right now, as you can see on eBay, you're, you can get one for $46. If you get one retail after tax, I would guess it's probably going to be 40 or so dollars. I'm just not doing it, Andy. I, 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 I've just wised up, and I see people just getting their hearts shattered. Yeah, I mean, if you are doing it, it makes sense to go for the case approach so that you're pretty much guaranteed to pull a downtown Otherwise, the the hit rate on these, especially on the quarterbacks, or even guys like Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, 
I mean, I was just blown away by how few uh, of these guys were in there. And, and there was very few serial number cards. It was a lot of color parallels, a lot of uh, purple shock or like in this Target box, you know, they're advertised a lot of like the pink parallels. There's a lot of non-serial number parallels, which don't really do great long term. Like th that's like a $20 card max for like, you know, for skill position players. And then, yeah, I can get like $50 card for, uh, you know, some of these quarterbacks. But um, and, and we don't know, like typically, like if you go back and look at 2021, the gem rate, the grade hit of getting the PSA 10 on an optic is not good. It's not good at all. It's a lot higher in the base Donruss. And this year's optic makes it really challenging to tell, you know, the centering on the card. Um, yeah. And then you always have the surface issues with optic, just like you have with like a mosaic, you know, whether it's uh, dimples um, or print lines are always an issue uh, or scratches and stuff like that. So, yeah, whenever I can buy a Brock Purdy base optic for like 15 bucks or a Kenny Pickett, like – why, why am I going and spending $35, $40 on a plaster box when the likely – it's like a 1 in 10 or 1 in 15 box chance of even pulling one of these quarterbacks, Carter? Yeah, or just like you said, Sauce Gardner or Chris Olave, anyone yeah. that's really good from this, this last rookie class. Andy, I'm to the point now where if I go – now that the prices of these blasters are so high and I absolutely just wanted to rip it, I would not clean out a shelf. What I would do, let's just say, um, let's just do some math. Let's say there's 15 blasters just sitting there, and you want to hold some of them sealed and and all of that. Cool. I totally get it. Buy some sealed wax. Hold on to it forever. They normally do good in the long term. But if your goal, Andy, is to rip all of it open, just buy a hobby box uh, when, when they come out because you get – to me, just more ROI on some potential autographs and what you could potentially um, get out of that box. Now, it's far more expensive than just like a single blaster. But if, if once again, I, I wanted to splurge and rip with the family or whatever, just go get a hobby. Yeah, I like the distribution in a hobby box. I will say out of the 15 blaster boxes, I saw the guy pull one autograph card and then i i well, watched the next guy he didn't pull an autograph card till he ripped like 20. so there's seemingly only one optic auto per blaster box case of of like 30 blaster boxes so that's very very low and and sometimes they don't put autographs in retail product at all so you know there's there there is autographs in the retail products the hit rate is super low and in a hobby box you're typically guaranteed an autograph you're guaranteed um, you know, a bunch of these different inserts. It's a fun, it's a, it's a more fun rip. It's a funner experience. You're probably going to get at least one of these, you know, notable quarterbacks, even if it is like Desmond Ritter or Sam Howe or something, you know, and, uh, and you're going to pull a serial number card and you just get, you get a little bit more variety. You have, you have a little bit more um, like quality there to the hobby box rip. Uh, and, 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 you know, this was brand new retail, boxes as well when we know that's when the hit rate is the highest logically speaking because they want to get people excited and interested in the product and they put a couple new inserts in there uh this year carter like the die cut x's and o's and uh, a diamond hands justin jefferson looks pretty cool so there's some uh cool looking inserts new inserts in there but ultimately it is 100 going to be a 
uh, uh, singles targeted. I would I would prefer I would recommend that people target the singles only from this unless you have a lot of entertainment value and and ripping and going for the the gamble of pulling something nice. We take a look at the chat. Derek and Chad are both still big on the Bowman U train. I like it because the <laughs> actual price of the blaster is cheaper as well. Um, but yeah, you know, if you're if if you like gambling, that's essentially what you're doing. Buy that wax, give it a rip. You never know. You have higher upside um, if you do get that one card, uh, that gold number to ten card. But let's be honest, stick to the singles market because you know what you're getting right that's one thing i absolutely love now something else i'll mention andy about um retail wax just in general it's not just football wax that is sitting on the shelves it's all of it right i am just seeing photos everywhere at major retailers across the country of piles of contenders basketball piles of soccer right it's very interesting andy that i just think everybody in general yeah there's still people out there that clean out the shelves yeah there's still some people out there that have to rip nba monopoly prism but for the most part i just think overall andy people have just wised up and and have just become singles guys yeah, especially when you start looking at the um, the grade hit rates uh, too, you know, and and you can target those sets that have a high hit rate, um, and then you can get into examining those raw cards and submitting them for grading. You know exactly what you're getting. You know the player that you're getting into, you know. And hey, let's face it, Carter, I want to get into some Brock Purdy, man. I'm in on Brock Ooh. Purdy uh, for the long term now after the S2 cognitive results have come back. So. I absolutely want to target some singles if I can at a discount, you know, maybe get a little injury discount right now. Um, I'm seeing a $15 optic rated rookie. Uh, it seems like I'll take a, a chance on that when there's only one being pulled out of every like 10 blaster boxes. I feel bad for the strat man. He says I spent on Monopoly NBA Prism. Sorry, I did. I just don't get the appeal, and I'm I'm an NBA fan. Not a basketball card aficionado by any stretch of the imagination. I just don't get it at all. Um, but, yeah, you know, I recently, and once again, it's just anecdotally, everyone I know that's ripped wax is just sad. It's like, I'm not getting anything. Maybe, Andy, it's this quarterback class just isn't really that great, right? If you, Andy, are crossing your fingers on Mr. Irrelevant after an elbow surgery being the flag waiver of this class, it's not good. It's not good at all. I'm I'm not really a Kenny Pickett guy by any stretch of the imagination with Joe Shiesty and, and Deshaun and Lamar being in that division. It is um it's 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 brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Uh, if, if that's what you want to do, we say hi to Victor Brochachos. Andy, I, I've never even heard that term before. Brochachos. <laughs> Brochachos. Oh, I like oh. it, man. Yeah, I, I, you know, so I was talking to uh, Derek who, who, and Chad uh, in our Discord who absolutely cleaned up this draft season on um, the, the incoming rookie class on the Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. The Anthony Richardson was a big one because he was a guy that came in uh, projected a lot lower until the combine. That whole 
you know, that whole record-breaking performance that he had, and he just skyrocketed up. And then, and then you know, the Colts took him number four, which I'm sure Saint, Shane Steichen had a lot to do with that. But then you look at the uh, draft class for next year, and it was this time last year that Chad and Derek were buying the guys that are coming out the next year because they're already in the Bowman U first product. They're printing the top juniors in the class, like your Caleb Williams and your Braylon Allens and stuff like that. Um, I, I there's no Drake May, believe it or not, out yet. But but I'm just saying like that. Like it's always better to be in super early than it is to be in too late after they've already gone on ESPN as the um, uh, you know Daniel Jeremiah's uh, first round draft pick projections. As Brad Nolan says here, the only rule is to buy Mitchy football <laughs> cards, baby. Trubisky Nation, let's go. Um, but yeah, you know, all, all things considered, Andy, I, I wanted to bring up a quarterback actually on cue here, uh, from Brad, uh, every week we, we, we normally discuss, you know, a quarterback. We, we've discussed Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter in recent episodes. Andy, I want your honest thoughts from the heart on Justin Fields going into next year and Justin Fields football cards that are out there in the atmosphere. Yeah, my honest thoughts are that I'm bullish on Justin Fields. I think he's going to be probably one of the most hyped-up quarterbacks at the National in Chicago, uh, coincidentally. So it's like I think it's kind of a perfect storm for Justin Fields, and you you add in new weapons. You know, they invest a lot through the draft in the offensive line, and they build in the trenches. I think the defensive secondary is massively underrated. Um, I think they've got some, some really solid potential there on defense, and then you – you, you now take a, um, a new year for Justin Fields. You get Darnell Mooney back healthy. Uh, a new year after kind of unlocking that Lamar Jackson game plan code that they said they were, you know, that they unlocked halfway through the season last year. We saw the rushing upside. So now it's like, can DJ Moore and another year greasing the groove with the coaching staff, like really develop his passing game? Can we make him into the complete package? And I think a lot of people are expecting that, yes, he can take that leap. I have seen him throw. What I watched, witnessed, not in person, but um, watching the film, him throw some really nice-looking deep balls. And I think with a, a better complement of weapons and now greasing the groove with a second year of, of play calling and scheming around this this you know super mobile game plan, I I mean I, mean, I am bullish on him. Um, and in terms of his football cards, I mean, I, he's noticeably cheaper than tr Trevor Lawrence. And I think that's a big factor there. And the, uh, the only difference that I see is that I see a much clearer path for Trevor Lawrence to win the AFC South. And I have that little assurance of, of them making the uh, playoffs. Uh, whereas Justin Fields in the NFC North, I think it's going to be a much more difficult road. But the NFC is pretty much wide open, so I, I think that they can easily grab a wild card spot um, if they if they you know do things right. I mean, I think there's going to be a massive improvement over last year, just just you know in terms of win loss, win loss. You know they get uh, they normally don't get the Packers in Week One, but they've got an iconic Packers versus Bears in Chicago Week One. This is a massive matchup with a ton of media focus and eyeballs out of the gate. They beat that game um, against the Packers and Jordan Love and, and Fields come out and lights things up. I could see his cards going up. There's a high gym rate on his base Donruss compared to the optic. Those are still like that's like a five dollar card, Carter. 
$19 PSA grading with like a 60, 70% chance to get a 10, a lot of upside and, and those kind of plays or the more rare stuff. The one thing I will say, Carter, uh, is that Justin Fields rookie autograph stuff, a lot of its redemptions are sticker autos, man. He does not have many on-card autos. I don't know if he if he didn't show up to the signing events that they had that these guys show up to or what happened there. Something something like that happened because he's still got a ton of redemptions and a ton of a sticker rookie ticket autos. I think those are holding their va- the values of those cards down a little bit. But all in all, they're half the price of Trevor Lawrence, even the, the, the rare stuff. So I think, uh, you know, when you t- take the Chicago fan base and the market size uh, and their opening schedule into consideration, uh, I, I can totally put together a narrative of where or why I should buy Justin Fields right now for the beginning of the season. Chicago's never had like just this legendary quarterback, right? I mean, they had McMahon and he was great, but he was what the fourth or fifth best player on those Bears teams led by Fridge. So, yeah, I mean, Chicago is yearning for a superstar quarterback. They had to sit through so many years of mediocre Jay freaking Cutler. And now uh, they, they have someone who is the opposite. He's not a statue. He is a playmaker. He does have a lot of flair and excitement to his game. And he's going to have a few of these spike weeks uh, that will get people flocking to go buy his cards. It's something else. You know, it might be smart. If you are able to snipe a few Justin Fields cards and if you're going to the national, he's going to be hot at the national scorching hot, which is happening in Chicago, which of course there's going to be a lot of people trying to get their hands on Justin Fields stuff. And remember, if you make a deal at the national, by the way, Andy and I will be there along with Brad Nolan. Um, guess what? You're getting cash. You're getting cash in hand or a major trade in hand um, that that could do you wonder. So I think getting some Justin Fields capital in your potential investment flipping collection uh, could be a very fruitful thing for you. And one thing I did see last year at the National Andy were the quarterbacks who had not proven anything. They were hot. Trey Lance cards moving like crazy. Zach Wilson cards moving like crazy. Justin Fields has shown us more, and I think it's pretty certain that he's better than those guys. And even a Mac Jones, who was really hot last year at the Nationals. So I think it's probably smart uh, to, to, to get a Fields in your collection. Yeah, 100%. Uh, 100%. I, I, think that's a, I think that's a good play, Carter, especially if you can find them at or below current comps because – you know, you just look at this data, man. You compare him against the the um, the draft class, particularly Trevor Lawrence, because these are our notable guys now. These are our survivors from the 2021 class. Of course, Mac Jones, but I guess I would put Mac Jones in there because he is still starting as of right now, and he does have first round draft capital. So I think it's important to take a look because he does the, the Patriots, um, you know, market is, is massive. So it just kind of paints a whole picture. He's at the bottom of the first round starting range from 2021 at a uh, $30 trend on his base Donner's PSA 10. Then you have Justin Fields at $45 based Donner's PSA 10. And then Trevor Lawrence at 110. So you can see like people are routinely paying up for Trevor Lawrence uh, in this case. I mean, over twice as much. And the volume, 
is solid for Justin Fields. And in the past 30 days, PSA 10 sold volume here. Justin Fields has got the Donruss, the Prism, the um, Phoenix Fireburst there, and the Optic over uh, a lot, like a lot of Trevor Lawrence cards, you know? Victor said he's going to be at the Nationals, so we'll see you there. Huh? 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 Pretty excited about that. Um, but yeah, you know, if you if you're able to find uh, cards, then anytime you get a card in that twenty, thirty, lower forty dollar range, it does give you um, potential upside more so than buying a card at like you know four hundred, five hundred, six hundred dollars, right? Um, that's something I've always, you know, seen one of my biggest mistakes, uh, was buying a Jameis Winston card for 400 bucks last year, not taking profit when I could have. And I held on to it just to gamble, just to see what could potentially happen. Keep in mind the before season flip is normally a good thing, Andy. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Like, um, I mean, look at what, uh, Deandre Hopkins is going through right now. Uh, before season flip, new opportunity for a lot of these guys. And it, this could be potentially the most hyped up that they're going to be. You know, um, I look at like a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo. kind of reminds me of Jameis Winston heading into last season. A little bit different, but, you know, similar veteran quarterback, you know, battling injuries and questionable uh, play with a new team scenario. And just – Whenever they whenever they have that that type of of hype, like there's new collectors from the new team, there's people that believe that they're going to exceed expectations. Uh, there's people that are totally buying into the hype, um, and then they could. I mean, there's a, but there's a short leash. I mean, first game they could throw two or three interceptions, and the team loses, and all of a sudden they he he loses a ton of of. Um, prospect like it collectors and investors first cards and then it, they just never they're never the same after that you can never climb out of that hole so here's what's really cool if you love football cards i guarantee you you will love best ball with underdog fantasy sign up now link is down below promo code quest or you can use my promo code carter either one but promo code quest and you get yourself a bonus get your drafts in all the good stuff and it supports Andy. Now, if you are watching this live, you want to get a question in right now, feel free to super chat it. We'll go straight to it. Now, my question for you, Andy, is, you know, we've talked about sealed wax. We've talked about, um, you know, one player in particular. What over this past week has really stuck out to you in terms of football cards outside of what we've already discussed today? Uh, that That's really stood out um you know i i i still i I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was the difference in jalen hurts rare stuff so like whenever i go and and look at the prism psa 10 or the optic psa 10 or the donner's psa 10 for 2020 uh it's very very close between herbert and jalen hurts very close but then burrow is probably about another 100 to 150 dollars more uh, for each of those base card sets in PSA 10 format than those guys. But then I go to the rookie ticket autos. The Joe Burrow rookie ticket autos raw are still going for $2,500 piece. The Herberts are still going for $2,500 piece. And then the Jalen Hurts are about $750, $750 a piece. So 
there's still a big disparity in his rare stuff compared to those guys rare stuff and then you've got Tua that's even lower than Jalen like there's still like Tua stuff can be bought very like if you wanted to build a super rare Tua collection like now's the time to do it I mean his stuff is uh, very very cheap if you thought he was actually going to make it long term yeah I totally agree with you when you look at um the rare prices of Jalen Look, I know a lot of people look at Jalen Hurts and they think he's a product of his, his environment. And look, good weapons help out. But Jalen looked really good last year. It, it's not I, – I think it's opposite of Tua. I think Tua is just a byproduct of his environment. I do think Jalen is himself a big-time difference maker. Now, one thing I, I, I will say, Andy, uh, before we continue this Jalen Hurts uh, conversation, uh, the chat is going a little crazy over tight ends right now are there is there a market for tight end cards the same way as there is for wide receiver cards um i you know obviously travis kelsey is on his own stratosphere and his 2013 stuff is just incredible it just looks great but it is also very expensive but overall how what is your thought process behind tight end cards well, I, I do compare them to a wide receiver. I put them in that same classification, but um, the tight end's got to be elite. Let's put it that way. The tight end's got to be elite. They got to check a lot of the boxes. You know, like you could look at a guy like Evan Ingram, who had one, you know, four or five touchdown game, monster performance. That was uh, heading into the playoffs for the Jags, and he was very fantasy relevant last year, but he still plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Still a small sample size. And he's now a veteran, you know, heading into like a six year. So, you know, there wasn't there wasn't really a spike. There were people. Yeah, people were buying some nice autograph stuff for like 20 bucks, you know, uh, but it's nothing like what we have seen Mark Andrews or uh, George Kittle. Um, and there's a combination of George Kittle not having very many rookie cards. There's also com- Mark Andrews having a lower amount as well. And then you have. Yeah, you have Travis Kelsey. In his own stratosphere on the hype index, Travis Kelsey's like 10 points ahead of everybody else on that thing. And I think there's just um, the tight ends really got to produce, man. The tight ends got to produce. But if they start producing multiple touchdown games consistently um, and they're checking the box of, you know, big fan base, big market size uh, for the for the team collection base and the team is, is solid, they're in good standings in the NFL. Um, and there's that expectation there that they could be a consistent performer. We could see we could see some pretty decent prices. Like Cole Komet actually gets pretty decent prices, pretty decent demand on his rookie cards. Like this National Treasures three out of ten uh, jumbo booklet here for sixty two dollars. It's not like right if that, if that was uh, twenty twenty Joe Burrow. I mean you're looking at probably having to sell a house for a hundred grand to get that card. Yeah, but uh... <laughs> you know. Um, for, for Cole Komet, it is, it's affordable and it's not as, it's not like at as low as that card could get, but you know, it's pretty economic, it's pretty cheap, you know, to get, to get into the tight ends cards. Yeah. I, man, I, I agree with the chat. I don't think Cole Komet's any good. I, I wouldn't spend a dime on him. Um, but there are some tight ends that interest me, right? Like, Foster Moreau, he's got a story. He's back in New Orleans. He's overcoming cancer. You can get his autos, some of his prism autos, three, four bucks. 
Um, and I'm an LSU guy, so I'm obviously super biased towards someone like him. But still, you know, I I tend to stay away from tight ends, even though this tight end draft class is very interesting with Dalton Kincaid going to uh, the Bills using some first-round capital. But he's going to be more of a receiver, if anything. Um, you know, Kyle Pitts came in with just so much freaking hype. And people were just let down. People were just burnt. And, Andy, you, you do this every week. This is part of the reason why you should join the Football Card Discord. Every week you do hype indexes for all the positions. And this is what you have for tight ends. Yeah, yeah. During the season, we do update this every week. Uh, it does take into account how how good the team is, how big their market is, how how uh, big is their social media following. It also takes into account the um, the age and the draft capital that was spent on the player, and then how likely they are to make the Hall of Fame, uh, and then also their dynasty fantasy football value, which you know that that takes into account their athletic profile. Uh, their production metrics, their efficiency metrics, their contract situation. So we take all those things into consideration to build a a hype index. Uh, and you can see, like the the Dalton Kincaid, I have tied with Dallas Goddard wow. right ahead of Kyle Kyle Pitts. A lot of that is because the first round capital spent on Dalton Kincaid. He goes to the Bills, which is the blue bar. So you have a solid team score. Maybe not as big as the Eagles or the Chiefs. But it's very solid in Buffalo. First round draft capital. The guy's like 21 and a half years old. And he immediately gets a, a pretty decent dynasty ranking as well because he was a pretty dominant receiver in college. So he's got a lot of things going for him. I know the Bills, they just had a, a news release saying they weren't quite sure how they're going to use him and stuff. But I mean, that is a lot of what drives, you know, hype for these players. And, and just the tight end market, like, it, it it falls off pretty quick, Carter. It falls off pretty quick. You know, and Kyle Pitts, if he if he had a better team scenario, I mean, the guy's got potential to be up here. But that you can see that's what's holding him back. That little – the blue bar is so small for the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, it's just not – is he gonna is he gonna get the targets? Is he gonna be 100 percent healthy entering the season? You know, and the Atlanta Falcons are are right now they're pretty low on the power rankings. Um, they're pretty decent market, but it, they just got a they got an uphill battle, man, out of the NFC South and on a run heavy team that just spent the number eight overall pick on Bijan Robinson, and you got a totally unproven quarterback in Desmond Ritter. So. But but you're showing no love to to Darren Waller here. Did D Waller not make this chart? Wait, where's D, where's Darren Waller? He's got to be on here. I'm sure he's on here. I just no, there here he is, is right, right here. here. Yeah, I mean, so he he's got a pretty solid blue bar with the um with the Giants now. The problem is, look how old he is, and the draft capital is not there for Darren Waller. Nor is nor is age on his side. He does have a little bit of Hall of Fame in him because of his years in Vegas and the resurgence of his career. But he also doesn't have a very large, I mean, he's got like a normal, normal size dynasty value these days. I mean, it's lower than a guy like Greg Dolchich, uh, about the same as like an Evan Ingram, you know? So, and, and now he's just got a, he's got an uphill climb and he's so old. Like, how is he going to be able to produce enough with the giants to generate enough hype? Now, during, when the season starts, Carter, this yellow bar 
becomes a production over or under expectations result oriented score. Right now, it's all based on dynasty lifetime value, and you know, um, which which is where those things we just talked about expectations heading into the season based on what he's done in the past and his contract situation and everything. But once the season starts, does he exceed or, or underperform? what he was projected to do has the role changed at all what's his average weekly targets like how many routes is he running you know so we can get a good idea if he's exceeding that by a large margin all of a sudden he's getting positive points added to this yellow bar at the end which will help him jump up you know in the uh, in the hype index rankings and so if the team wins that's an additional point too so you know, those exceeding expectations and team wins will help him climb this, but he's got an uphill battle at this point with how old he is. I just looked this cheapest rookie ticket auto right now is 50 bucks, and that's just way too much, <laughs> right? I'm just staying away from that. It's a sticker, too. And he is in a Ravens uniform wearing the number 12 uniform uh, that uh, is known for Jacoby Jones, uh, if anything else. Uh, I love me some Jacoby Jones, by the way. But yeah, you know, I, mm, as you can see, I obviously I was a best offer accepted, so that was under thirty bucks. But still, uh, it is kind of expensive for Darren Waller. But I think he can have a big year. I, I really do. Um, someone else I personally like a lot is David Njoku. Um, I have a few of his Prism rookies. I bought this one as a buy now for a dollar off of ebay you know last week and all the rookies in this draft class are singles from you know the 2017 season so for a dollar i think he's gonna have a few spike weeks with deshaun watson and a very interesting crew of receivers so um we we, we shall see but th there are some really good tight ends in the pipeline as derek brings up including probably the most hyped tight end we will see um, since Kyle Pitts is going to be Brock Bowers, be on the lookout. He's actually getting some Heisman love going into this next season. Wow. Georgia. Like he had the best first two seasons of any tight end ever. And won national championships in both. Um, he was basically all American in both. He could really play. So be on the lookout. Uh, Carter, do you Carter, real quick, do you feel because you're 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 a college football expert in, in my opinion, man? You're one of the best college football channels out there. Um, and I'm curious if you feel that the tight end role in college has changed to be much more receiver focused. Like I look at Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. I mean, that guy was contributing like like something crazy, like 50 or 60 percent of the entire offensive production. Like he was their leading receiver. Uh, by a long shot. Like I, I, I'm curious what your take is on tight end roles in the college as whole. Um, and if we'll continue to see these first round tight ends coming out, is it going to be more and more common for draft capital, like uh, Kyle Pitts and Dalton Kincaid and stuff? Yeah, I think just in general, um, I'm a big film guy, Andy. I think more teams are going to try and run 12 personnel where you have two tight ends on the field instead of one. Right. So if you ever hear, um, a coach saying personnel groupings, uh, that's essentially telling you which personnel is on the field. So the first number represents the amount of running backs and the second number represents the amount of tight ends that are on the field. So a majority of teams, Andy, run 11 personnel, whereas only one tight end and one running back. So 
think someone like the Bengals, they mostly run 11. So they'll have Joe Mixon, and they'll have um, now Irv Smith, but last year Hayden Hurst, and their three wide receivers, Boyd, Higgins, and Chase. But that's their strength, right? They, they, they have great receivers, and that's what they want. The Chiefs last year, Andy, had a lot of success running 12 and 13 personnel. They had better tight ends than they did with receivers. And what Georgia did last year, Todd Monken now with the, the Baltimore Ravens, um, they ran a lot of 12. Now, they had great tight ends to run 12 personnel, but I could see more NFL teams running more 12 personnel sets, which would make tight end play more in demand. Um, I, I, I very well could see that. Like, for instance, now that Todd Monken's with Baltimore, um, I know they've spent a lot of capital on receivers, but, you know, don't count out, and as Isaiah likely, don't count out Mark Andrews just yet because tight ends were such a big part of what Georgia did last year. So I, I could see, Andy, more tight ends being a bigger part of NFL offenses and guys like Dalton Kincaid still continue to get drafted in the first round, but we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Um but for me, I, I do think Brock Bowers is a real deal, and he is just going to have such a surreal amount of hype going into next year. And I think next year, Andy, we will have one of the most hyped wide receiver tight end classes that we've had quite simply since Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, which is going to be um, Brock Bowers and Marvin Harrison going into next year. I, I love that because I think you I think that's a great pivot play, especially depending on your budget that you have um, to pivot off of Caleb Williams, knowing you can't get into Drake May right now, but getting into guys like Brock Bowers, which I'm actually impressed, man. The guy's got a Bowman U first uh, sticker auto, non-serial number, $62 closed in auction two days ago. That's some hype right there, brother. <laughs> I'm like, and it's early too. We're in the off season. <laughs> that is pretty nasty. And that's uh, the non-licensed Bowman U from two years ago. That is yeah. absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, pretty excited about Brock Bears. I, I do love watching him play. And if you haven't seen him, um, they they give him handoffs, which is just crazy. They'll, they'll, they'll give him little running back uh, little jet sweep kind of runs, and, and he'll house them. Uh, the, the kid can really freaking play. Now, um, you know, we're, we're big Bowman you guys anyway. Uh, I don't I don't know why. I think we're one of the few YouTube channels that has a bunch of Bowman U fans, not only us, but just in the chat. So I, I do like that. I do like that college prospecting uh, is a popular thing, at least here. I haven't really looked at all the other channels. I think most like to stick to the pro uniform stuff, and I get it. I totally get it. Now, um, Andy, let's get to hobby tip of the week. Um, I'll go first. It is very simple. Keep your energy up. Don't get discouraged in the hobby. Um, enjoy it. Make it what you want it to be. I've not bought a sealed wax product in a while. That's what we started the live stream off with today. It's perfectly fine. Enjoy it. Enjoy whatever you like. Don't feel the need that you absolutely need to rip because everybody else rips. Do what you want to do, right? This is people on cardboard. Enjoy it the way you want to enjoy it. Now, Andy, I know you got a better tip than me. You always do. The floor is yours, man. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out Bowtie Tim in our in our Discord and uh, in our Patreon. Um, he had a really interesting tip on eBay buying selling. He actually had his best month yet in eBay sales, and that was, and we're talking here in May. So I'm like, that's awesome, man. Um, and so he said maybe it's just the market heating up, but he started doing something about ten days ago that he saw about selling on eBay. He said. Um, He's listing at least one item every day, even if it's just one item. He's listing one item at least a day to help improve his views when buyers are searching. I also strongly believe that eBay is um, more or less, it has a social media type algorithm to where the more active you are, you get that positive feedback. You're also posting stuff and they see that you're selling stuff. They're going to bump you up and that's uh, search results algorithm. You obviously got to title and take good photos and title accurately and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but he said he's had more views and watches than ever doing this. And he's, he believes strongly that this has helped him to having the best month in eBay sales that he's had in a while. Did he do mostly BINs or 99 cent auctions? I got to think that he's doing buy it now. I got to think that he's doing buy it now. So I'm, I'm 99% confident in that. I like that. There you go. Yeah, I'm not consistent. Like, there are some weeks where I'll, I will list a lot of cards and make money. And then there are other weeks where I'm like, eh, just don't feel like it. Setting aside some time. Sunday has been my day, Andy. Uh, just Sunday afternoons, going through my collection and just saying, what can I 99 cent? Um, I'm going to be doing that pretty heavy this next coming Sunday. So um, it's 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 very interesting. One thing I haven't done, let's go to Hector's comment here. Upload a video to Pix2, especially for shiny cards. How about that? I didn't yeah, even that's know a new option even, available on eBay. I, I didn't even know you could do that, Andy. Yeah, you absolutely can. Um, hey, man, I think I think that that's a great feature that they added in there. Oh, that's a great hobby tip right there because I just haven't talked a whole lot about that. But eBay definitely has been evolving uh, slowly but surely. They, you know, they listen to their biggest market, like their biggest uh, demographic and their biggest market, their biggest users. So um, I think that's a wonderful addition. Things that are shiny that reflect differently in the light. Also, things that um, you can show, make it more authentic, make it more authentic to show the authenticity behind it. Videos really help in doing that as well. Let's go to Steve. It pays dividends to at least have the listing draft ready to go. I agree. It's Listing can be an arduous task, but just do it. List the DAG um, card. Now, it's not easy to, you know, transition that listing. Let's just say you just wanted to just get it out and you want to just do a 99 cent auction. You do have to create a separate listing. You can't just change it. I wish you could. But still, I totally agree with that, Steve. We say hi to uh, an OG of, of Andy, Michael Ham. Look at Ham in this thing. Hey. Look at that. I want to I want to know if Michael Ham's found any optic because he's the retail wizard right there. Michael Ham knows how to get him some retail product going back to uh sports card boom days in 2020. So I'm curious if he's gotten any optic blasters out there. 
OG, appreciate it. Keep up the great convos. Can't wait for the season. I like that, OG. CMC22. Got some Christian McCaffrey love in the chat right now. C-Mac uh, on the Rich Eisen show said, give us running backs more respect. It is interesting, Andy. Um, do you believe CMC is the RB1 in fantasy this year? 100%. Yeah, one between him and uh, Bijan, but obviously Christian McCaffrey's got a um, – a higher potential for not only red zone opportunities, but also receiving opportunities. And I mean, you look at his rookie ticket autos, he's got the most expensive rookie ticket autos, like pro uniform, $135 on average for his rookie ticket autos. That's followed only behind um, by Saquon Barkley at $800 uh, for his 2018 rookie ticket autos. And Bijan's uh, Bowman U first auto non-serial number. That's like the one we saw for Brock Bowers. That's $100. So I, I do think Christian McCaffrey's the, the RB1. But I would not be surprised if once again, Austin Eckler does his thing with the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Now they bring in Kellen Moore. I Man, I don't know. I think this Chargers offense could be underrated heading into this year. He could emerge once again as like the top touchdown scorer and potentially the top fantasy running back. And he's Saquon. going, he's going underdrafted, man. I, I'm drafting a lot of Saquon. I just am. I, I, I don't like the Giants running back room behind him. And I think the Giants are going to be decent again this year. I'm also interested in Ramadre Stevenson. This was actually going to be um, one of my plays of the week for a quick flip. Andy, I, what, what, do you, what do you think about Ramadre? Oh man, that's I think it's a great play. I think you could you could be on the buying or the selling side of Ramondre. He's got a lot of nice product from 2021. He's also got that role lockdown. You know, I mean it's a lot of confidence when the Patriots actually don't spend draft capital on a running back for once, which is mind blowing. And then uh they they uh let Damian Harris walk to the um uh Buffalo Bills. So yeah, I mean, I think that Ramadre is going to have – he's got a lot of, of confidence. Bill Belichick got a lot of confidence in him, and I think he's got a very secure role, rushing and receiving, very efficient. The guy's juke rate and uh, yards earned after carry, um, forced tackles um, missed per touch. Like, I mean, the guy's extremely efficient. So um, I think Ramadre is definitely a guy I would look at uh, wanting to flip. Ramadre, I just, uh, I just love him. Chad says uh, Ramadre made him money four times last year. Hey, that, nice. that New England Patriots logo, not only does it, you know, it's still a brand, it also matches the PSA slab. I, I, I think that's always a very underrated thing about Patriot cards, just in general. Ham says he doesn't even, he doesn't even touch the the optic blasters anymore um i'm glad ham's logic is in line with mine i don't e i don't either like sometimes andy when i when i go to my local walmart i won't even look at it because i know i'd have that itch and the other day i went and got you know my melatonin to sleep at night got a pack of of water uh got got some soap got some creamer for uh coffee every single morning and all of those quote unquote essential items 
costs less than what a blaster would be. And <laughs> that that is just crazy to me. And normally my card budget is separate from, you know, my actual life budget. That's always a good thing to do. Don't let your life bankrolls uh, get into your hobby bankroll at all. But once you go into like a big retail store, Andy, and you start seeing and scanning the items, it's like, what the hell am I even doing? Why would I buy this wax uh, where the best card in this could be, I I don't know, Joey Porter Jr. or whoever it may be. It's just it's it's just not what I like to do anymore. I don't I don't I don't know exactly why. I'm just I guess I'm just too wise now for me to really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is, man. You're too wise. You you're at the age where you know what you want, man. You know what you want, and it's not gonna be found in a random pack of cards. It's it's gonna be found targeting whether it's at a show. Maybe you go to maybe you go to a a garage sale or even an antique shop. I know some of these places have a lot of potential uh, to find his, hidden treasures that somebody's like brings in to cash in to take some cash and and you can make a, a cash deal on it so you know um i think uh i think singles is is absolutely the way to go there major w for uh the quest cast um one of us met our hero last week uh joe Shiesty. shout out to uh the goat joey b for spending some time uh with your boy and my my father. That was obviously a pretty big moment uh, for me, and and I actually gave Joe some of my uh, favorite Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase cards. So I hope Joe's enjoying it. Um, but shout out to Joe Shicey, spending some time uh, with 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 your boy. Uh, we got to get him on here, right? And, and while he's getting ready to make the life changing amount of money, huh? huh? <laughs> <laughs> Who yeah. is your who is your goat that you would want to meet, Andy? Is it is it Mike Evans or who who would it be? Man, that would that would be really cool uh, to meet to meet Mike. Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good question. That's a really good question, man. Uh, there, there's there's a bunch of guys I would like to meet. Um, I'd like to meet some of these coaches as well. You know, I think it would be really cool. Um, yeah, no, I just, honestly, you caught me off guard with that one. I haven't uh, really put a whole lot of, of thought into that, but I think it would be, it would be really cool to meet Mike. I mean, he's probably a, a really big dude in, in person. Sean King. And that's an OG Buccaneer right there. Sean King would be at, I, I got, I got some of his cards. Uh, the Tulane Green Wave, baby, let's go. Huh? 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 Uh, but, there you go. Now, before we get into plays of the week, we will um, get to as many questions as we possibly can. Late Stick says his goat is Auto Pick Andy. That's that's not <laughs> a good. Be, that's not a good nickname, Andy. I'll be auto signing uh, cards at the uh, at the national. If anybody wants to get a uh, Auto Pick Andy <laughs> signature, no. Hey, man. It's like difficult to stream and draft at the same time. I've not mastered it yet by any by any stretch of the imagination. But, but what makes it difficult? Why why is it difficult? Well, because I get 
I get hung up on stuff and I start talking about somebody's draft pick and diving into their, you know, depth charts and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden my pick is up and there's five seconds left and I am not prepared for it at all. And uh, so, yeah, so, you know, balancing the stream of, of, of conversation and um, analyzation and then also planning my next pick and being ready for my next pick instead of it getting picked for me has been been a challenge been a challenge but i figured out you gotta cue guys up early man carter that's the secret you gotta cue guys up early so if worst comes to you know worst comes to worst you have a guy there that's reasonable that you get picked let's go to hector who says i rip with my 10 year old getting him into the hobby since he will inherit some of my cards I like that, Hector. That's what it's all about, man. I don't have any kids, but a lot of my hobby love comes from my father. We still collect every year at Christmas. We um, collect. We get each other stuff. Obviously, uh, his stuff is always better than mine, but, um, you know, it's it, it goes a long way. Um, spend that time with your kiddos. A hobby is a great way to do it. I will say um, there are kids in my neighborhood who I've gotten into collecting. I give them a ton of uh, base and some hollow refractors and stuff like that. Um, and that's just awesome. So, yeah, I, I see how much kids light up when they get a card. It is way more exuberance than when we get a card, right? Because a kid doesn't know that whether it's a downtown or if it's just in a random invincible insert or whatever. So, um there you go. Andy, play of the week. Um, I'll let you go first because I went first for a hobby tip of the week. Yeah, and you shared a <clears throat> you shared a great running back, uh, great running back play of the week. I'm gonna go wide receiver. I'm gonna pivot off of that. And the guy, the guy should be really well known. We talked about the upside of Justin Fields this year, the hype for him. And DJ Moore, when he was traded to the Chicago Ooh. Bears for that first round uh, number one overall pick, there was a lot of hype for DJ Moore. His price has spiked. But since then, man, his cards have cooled off big time. That that little initial spike has cooled off big time. And it's like, well, can this passing game get better? Is it going to get better? Are they really going to do enough for DJ Moore? So his his fantasy ADP is cool back off his rookie ticket auto. Like I still have DJ Moore based on his age, draft capital spent on him, his prior efficiency and production. I mean, he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. If you look at how he's played with the uh, random, uh, you know, different QBs over the course of his pretty short career, you can get a 2018 rookie ticket auto for him for thirty five dollars. Uh, and, and I think he's an absolute beast. I think he should be in that Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins, Devonta Smith type range, but yet, or, or even higher because, I mean, yeah, I do like Darnell Mooney, but DJ Moore is going to be the alpha. Like he's going to be, the, he's proven it on multiple, uh, under multiple different quarterbacks and really bad offensive systems where he's just been dominant uh, in terms of air yard share, target share, routes run, snap share. I mean, he's just a guy that is going to be on the field all the time, running all the routes and being targeted all over the field, short, deep, intermediate, everywhere. He can get great separation. He can also generate a ton of yards after the catch and score from pretty much anywhere on the field. So it's like his rookie ticket autos are undervalued. Um, I'm looking at his values across the board. They're undervalued, Carter. 
Let me ask you this, Andy. Um, you know, I, I like DJ Moore a lot. I do. And something else I really like about DJ Moore, his rookie ticket autos look really good. Like he gives a beautiful, beautiful autograph. Um, and that's a little underrated. Um, if you ask me, right. I like my favorite athletes having a, a fascinating auto. So that, I know it's not the most important thing, but go look at some of the newer autographs. They are so bad. So I like that. The DJ Moore is very thoughtful when he gives an auto. Let me ask you this. And, and there, there's an example right there. I just love the way that it looks on, um, I love the 2018 rookie ticket autos in and of themselves, but man, I, I've just always liked his signature. I don't know exactly why that's always been something that, you know, just gets at me uh, quite a bit. Like, like for instance, Trevor Lawrence, his penmanship is just immaculate. Uh, it, it, it looks good. He, he signs a longer signature too, and it takes, you know, a longer time. I appreciate that. I, I really, really, really do. Um, great on-card auto, but signs a full-size. Well, send me a photo of it, Derek. I want to see this. Huh? huh? Yeah, he huh? showed it to huh? us before. I think he's got the um, – I think he's got a Maryland helmet, uh, DJ Moore signed, and it's like a tiny little signature on the helmet. Let's go to Ham, who looks at a lot of product. Uh, new guys don't seem to take pride in their signature. It's all about what they can do to be quick. I think the signature says a lot about a player and who they are and want to be. So um, I've been lucky, Andy, to see you know a few athletes recently sign uh, a bunch of stuff at shows. Um, like, for instance, obviously this is a deeper cut, but like Patrick Queen, he signed a lot of stuff at the last event that I was at. Uh, now, full disclosure, you know, I know Patrick's family and uh, we, did, we did an interview together. So obviously I'm going to, you know, pump them up. Right. But I really do mean it. This guy signed a lot of jerseys for a team that he might not even be playing for next year. And, you know, he, he took the time to to give a great signature on each and every one of them. That means something to me. Where like, you know, Sadiq Bay of the NBA. Uh, pull up his 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 autograph, Andy Sadiq Bay. I think it's S H S A H I D I Q or something like that. I don't know. It would um, it, it'll pop up. It is honestly just a line, uh, Sadiq Bay. I don't even know how to sp uh, spell it, but it's it set me up with that one man <laughs> yeah I, I, I think it's b-e-y auto b-e not bay as in <laughs> that's not, it's not the type this isn't the type of website to type in for that kind of bay huh huh, huh? b-e-y auto i think i think that would pop up uh there you there go, go. s-a-d-d-i-q yeah and well, actually, no, it's it's I, I thought I saw him just do like a simple line or there you go. That's I mean, look at that. Look at that. I mean, imagine that being your favorite player's autograph. Ugh, that's it's brutal, man. Absolutely. Yeah, there's worse than that in football. We look at uh, like Tyler Huntley or I mean, even um, T Higgins auto is not does not leave you. Uh, much so, he, I guess he would be like the exception to that rule because, like T. Higgins, if if we think that the 
the penmanship and the autograph kind of dictates uh, some character of the person, then uh, then we have to. I don't know. I'm, I I I don't I don't think that that's a full a good get, like that's I don't think that's a good gauge to have for like totality of the player, but because obviously you got guys like D Higgins that are phenomenal that have terrible penmanship, but maybe he's just an exception to the rule. And maybe we should have a penmanship score on the hype index, Carter. I feel like you guys are kind of lobbying for a penmanship score. Right now in the comment section, I want people to give me your best. Who Who is your best auto that might be in your PC? Thundering Cards, we'll see you. Thank you so much for the love, my friend. Um, and if we haven't chatted you out this episode, apologies all around. Um, man, I'm a huge Jamar Chase fan, Andy. Huge, as you know. He's starting to sign his name differently, and it's still a cool, like, JC1. Uh, but his old J Chase 1 just looks so cool to me. Uh, but, yeah, you know, players, when they sign a bunch of stuff, they, they mix it up. They can sign whatever they want on there. They If they wanted to their signature to be just a smiley face they could do it yeah that's that's a great point like look at jamar chase adding the number one to all of his uh sticker autos like i guess he just felt like you know that was something that he did a lot of his college autos and that's what he did on the book of sticker autos but then if you look at his pro uniform on card autos a lot of those would just say jc now it's almost like he gets to the point where he's had to abbreviate it uh, for whatever you know, just for efficiency's sake. So I, I can get, I get it, because I can only imagine. I remember whenever I bought my house and I had to sign like, a you know, a stack of papers. By the time you get to like the tenth, eleventh uh, autograph, it starts getting, it definitely starts getting quicker and quicker. And you just like, I don't know, yeah, you just kind of, kind of go with it. Uh, so obviously it's something totally different, but that's the only way I can relate to the most I've ever signed something, you know, there to. You know, one thing the the biggest disconnect quarterback from, and this is going to tie in with signatures, I promise. The biggest quarterback that I see that coaches tell me is great. Film Twitter tells me it's great. My own eyes tells me this guy is great. But America doesn't believe it. They think he's just a choke artist. It's Dak Prescott, right? There is a huge gap between people who, you know, devote their lives to studying uh, studying the sport that think Dak Prescott is very freaking good. And then there is another faction of the audience that's has seen Dak Prescott not really do anything in the playoffs. And of course, the game versus San Francisco was a disaster. Obviously, Andy. You know, with the signature thing, he gives a very thorough signature, but there's the stamp controversy with old uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, so I, I find signatures to be a very interesting thing. It's always difficult to sign as much stuff as, you know, like a Burrow and a Herbert have to sign. But, you know, for me, uh, I was going to give this for play of the week. I'm very interested in Dak Prescott this next year. Obviously, with the new OC, are you totally out on Dak? His stuff is still kind of expensive, but, but give me your thoughts on on the young man, now old man from Mississippi State. Uh, the team has got a lot of potential. 
I mean, the defense is really good. The potential to be a top, you know, three to five defense in the league. The offense, though, you know, last year they had a uh, a top three pace of play with Kellen Moore, but that he went to he went to Los Angeles, and now their right. consultant Brian Schottenheimer becomes their offensive coordinator. I am not a fan of Mike McCarthy. I do not like Mark Mike McCarthy at all. Um, I don't think he's a great coach. And I'm very concerned about them slowing down and becoming more a balanced, more run heavy, or just slowing the pace of play down in general to try and lean on their defense more. And I think that just leads to less production for Dak. And I think ultimately when they get into these playoff scenarios or these big game scenarios, yeah, they had a great game against Tampa Bay in the playoffs. Go look at that game. Dak Prescott played phenomenal. And I just don't, I don't think that we're going to get that consistent of a performance uh, from them throughout the season. So I am concerned about his values. I would rather have Jared Goff going into the season than Dak Prescott. Ooh. Same price. Give me, give me Goff. Okay. So let me answer this for me. Would, because this was another quarterback. I was going to save it for next week. Your thoughts in the chat, and we'll end it on this. Thoughts on Russell Wilson next year? He's got nowhere to go but up. <laughs> um, I do think that he's got nowhere to go but up. I mean, that's a guy I just – I haven't even looked at his values. I mean, I think Sean Payton can only help him. Uh, they spent uh, second-round draft capital on Marvin Mims, who I think is going to become Sean Payton's guy. I wouldn't be surprised still, even though they picked up Jerry Judy's fifth-year option. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded like Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, one of those guys at some point, even though, um, you know, I, I think that the, the passing game is only going to get better in Denver. And we know they've got a very good defense as well. So Russell Wilson's only got uh, – you know, room to go up. I mean, obviously, it's it's he's at he's at the bottom. I mean, he hit rock bottom after last year, where his like raw prisms were at a hundred and I would say like twenty dollars, one hundred and twenty dollars heading into the season, and now this card. Well, I'm looking at his his tops Chrome, um, which PSA ten. That's hundred and twenty five right now. The the fifty two week. High though on that card was five hundred and sixty dollars. It was about three hundred dollars on average coming into last season, and then tanked all the way down under a hundred in December, and now it's kind of flatlined a little bit since Sean Payton has come into one twenty-five. So that's a big decrease. Man, I, I want I want Russ to bounce back hard this year, but. God. AFC man, it's just a murderous freaking row. Um, twenty twelve. You know, one thing you always preach, Andy. The year the rookie comes out, it's not always apples to apples, right? Twenty twelve was a big year for football cards. Obviously, that being first year prism. I remember Andy when people were buying this card for a thousand a pop, and they thought it was a good move. I know a lot of people that bought the PSA ten rookie Russell Wilson for. A thousand a pop consistently. It's absolutely wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's one hundred percent where his cards were before he got injured in the twenty twenty one season. Um, and he's just kind of gone down ever since. And um, 
Yeah, until the point where they're at now. I mean, a Prism PSA 10 pop of 637, about $175. It was a, I mean, look at where he was coming into the season last year, $500 routinely. And uh, now they're, they're flatlined here on a low, a low pop card. Which, Carter, if you noticed, Jackson Smith Najigba at the rookie premiere last week with Panini uh, highlighted how much he loves the 2012 retro look from the 2022 Prism. He pulled a Kenneth Walker out of it, and he freaking loved that card. He, he, he was pumped about it. it um, he thought it was a really cool look. And I uh, just wanted to point that out. JSN, baby. Let's go. Ah, ah, ah. Speaking of the Seahawks. <laughs> Dude, yeah, we're, we're, I'm, I'm on the Seahawks train. Get on the Geno train now because we're, we're, I might be solo on this train, but that, that's perfectly fine. Uh, let's go to Learen here. Would you? When would you sell Jimmy G? I would have sold them last week before this latest news article that the uh, that the Raiders can release him with absolutely no penalty if he does not pass a physical. Uh, yeah, it's not good for Jimmy G because apparently he's still struggling with the foot that he had reconstructive surgery on in March. So that's that's not good at all. I would say what's a very interesting storyline is that Brady apparently wants ownership. The latest on Brady is he wants ownership stock in the Raiders. Right. Well, if you look at one of the decent teams, just so happens to have arguably the best wide receiver in, in the NFL that's active right now, Devontae Adams. I don't know. Brady, you never know. What if he comes back to play for the Raiders? No, Jimmy G, the veteran quarterback market's pretty thin. Would you rather have Matt Ryan or Tom Brady? Maybe convince Tom Brady to play one year for the Raiders. Who knows? I think Matt Ryan's cooked and he knows it. But I also think, I also think, once again, Dana White leaked that he was trying to get the uh, Tom Brady to the Raiders and Gronk uh, kind of sort of confirmed it. And I don't remember verbatim what they said. Not out of the question. Tom Brady. Are you freaking kidding me? And the 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 silver and and black. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. Um, I, quarterback having equity, right? Um, it it is very interesting. One thing I I, I would say is I, I've listened to some really good videos on this. How much more like the NBA teams make than the NFL teams? Like the Chiefs. Their franchise valuation hasn't jumped nearly as much as, let's say, someone like the Golden State Warriors, right? Um, which is just crazy. But that's a different story for a different day. Andy, another great episode. And once again, we want to shout out and, and let everyone know we are going to the Nationals. So we want to meet up. And you and I, Andy, we're still trying to plan out everything we want to do. So obviously, we're going to be doing some content and all that stuff. We still don't have badges. If any of you guys uh, know where to get all that stuff, feel free uh, to let us know. We know you know our audience is diverse and all of that stuff. So there you go. Any, any, Andy, anything else uh, before we get out of here today? Yeah, well, we're definitely gonna do a um, a QB or Q, what I'm thinking. Got QBs on the brain, guys. Um, yeah, I just bought another Trevor Lawrence based honors rated rookie before the stream. Uh, just can't can't turn that to five dollar base rated rookie down when it's got a 
60, 70% PSA 10 rate, you know, and we're going to do a group submission pretty soon uh, through the Quest uh, Patreon program. So, yeah, man, looking forward to that and the national. I want to do a Quest meetup. What I was going to say, I want to do a, a Quest meetup there and have like a meetup party there uh, for all of us, like where we find a place to get together. And I know we're going to be collaborating there with the sports car strategy guys. Paul Hickey and uh, Kendall McKee and stuff. So they've got an actual booth. They've got a spot. So we're going to be uh, posted up there for a little bit. So that's um, really exciting, man. Really exciting. Can't wait. Um, happy hunting out there, everybody. Well, I'll actually, uh, I, I do want to throw this out there. I'm not sure what um, the live stream schedule will be like later this week. You guys will just have to um, stay tuned. I'll keep you updated, but I will I'm taking a little vacation with the family here uh, later this week. So, yeah, I'll have to figure that out. Just want to let you know. There you go. All right, guys. Peace out. Let's go. Peace. Good show today, man.